It's Cryptid, featuring the Nottingham Howler. Hi, welcome to True Creeps, where the stories are true and the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore to the possibly plausible paranormal, to horrifying history, to tense and terrible true crime, and everything else that goes bump in the night. We're your hosts, Amanda, and I'm Lindsay, and we want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, everybody. Today, we are bringing more cryptids to you. Our favorite. We do love some cryptids. You also might hear a not cryptid as we record. I think he can count as a cryptid. He's very much here. The sightings of him are not alleged. You have seen him. I have seen him. He exists on the internet and not blurry photos. Yeah, but they could think that he's something else if they did see him run by. Harry, what kind of cryptid do you want to be? My animals have cryptid names like nicknames. Yeah. And he is the Nottingham Howler. (laughs) You might hear from the Nottingham Howler as we record today. He's got like a thing going on with his eye. He's sneezing. What I don't understand is why you haven't made me a sticker that says the Nottingham Howler with his face. (laughs) Uh, The others are... What's Lenore? I don't think Lenore has one yet. Disrespectful. No, it has to come organically because Ollie is the scream. I think that's fitting. <laughs> it's very fitting. She's got so much to say. I've actually never met a cat that had this much to say ever, all of the time. We just call Hallie a jackal. Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand why. I understand why. But she was on a billboard this last week, and it was hilarious. She's famous now. It was by the stadium, too, even better. It was so ridiculous. Oh, you're fancy. Well, okay, so we're talking cryptids today. We're going to talk about three of them. We're talking about the Dover Demon, the Snallygaster, and the Dwayo. I just like their names. I like saying Snallygaster. I can't say it enough, frankly. But, you know, out of all of these, I find the Dover Demon the most hilarious. And (laughs) we'll, we'll get into why. So a lot of people think that the first sighting of the Dover Demon was in 1977, but it actually may have been in 1972. And this is in Dover, Massachusetts, by the way. So Mark Sinat and his friends were driving by Channing Pond on Springdale Avenue. And they saw a creature in the woods, but it was kind of at the edge of a pond. They could see it moving in the headlight of the car. And they reported it to police, but nothing really ever came from it. So in this account, I don't really see specifics on how it looks. It's just that they saw something that they didn't quite recognize. The second sighting was in April of 1977, and it was on April 21st. Bill Bartlett, Andy Brody, and Mike Madzoka were all 17 years old, and they were driving together along Farm Street in bill's volkswagen on the road to the side there are some low stones kind of to the left and it looks like it's kind of like forms a wall yeah and as bill's driving he sees something kind of crawling along the wall and he's like is that a cat or a dog he can't quite make it out but when his headlights hit the creature he's like well this is not a cat or a dog it has two orange eyes and he describes them as like orange marbles we haven't seen orange before we haven't and he also describes them as lidless we have heard lidless before and lipless or no is it lipless lipless not lidless lipless (laughs) not lidless so this but these are lidless and they're shining bright he can see them so clearly because as the headlights go into the creature it turns its head and looks directly into the headlights it's like hey yeah look at me which i find that like extra threatening That it looked at him? Yeah, well, (laughs) in my head, it's a slow turn. Oh, okay. It's like, you rang? Yeah, me? You want to look at me? Let's talk about what he said it looked like. So, it's three and a half to four feet tall. We're taller than something. I Look, I'll take what I can get. (laughs) I will take what I can get. And that's, you know, right around the height of a 12-year-old boy, just just for context. Perfect, perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Now I understand how tall it was. You're welcome. Yeah, I, like three and a half to four feet tall. Ugh. We're Americans. We need another type of measurement. It's about the size of a 12-year-old boy. If you know, you know. And if you don't, listen to Lake Lanier or Antarctica, where I incorrectly do the 12-year-old boy math. I don't know what I was looking at, but I think I was looking at centimeters in that episode because I had down that they were like 148 inches. <laughs> Like, but that's how big. And then they shrink to normal size after. 
<laughs> that's how no, that's how big a, a twelve year old boy is. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, this this shouldn't have taken me this long to figure out that that is that is in fact not how tall a twelve year old boy is. That's centimeters version. But anywho. Okay, the Dover Demon is about the size of a 12-year-old boy in height, and it has a really big fucking head, and it's watermelon-shaped. <laughs> Do you have anything that immediately comes to mind when, when I say that? No. Hey, Arnold, immediately. Oh, oh, that's football. That's not watermelon. It's not not watermelon. Its head was actually the same size as its body, <laughs> and it had a skinny neck. That's why. Which that's why it makes me think, hey, Arnold. And it has skinny arms and legs, but it's got big hands and feet. Like Mickey Mouse? (laughs) I guess. Per Bill, it looked like a baby body, but with spindly limbs. And it was peach colored (laughs) and completely hairless. He also said that the texture of the skin looked like wet sandpaper. Oh, how is that a thing to think of? I. Seventeen year old Bill is painting a fucking picture. And honestly, I'm a little bit nauseated as I'm saying it all. <laughs> it's the hairless peach colored skin. <laughs> it looks wet and rough. I don't know. So the creature is gone kind of like as quickly as Bill saw it. And he never had the chance to point it out to Mike or Andy, so neither of them saw it. So he sees it, guns it, because he's freaked out. And as he's speeding away, he asked Andy and Mike, oh my gosh, did you see that? And they're like, no, but we'd like to. And they're trying to get him to turn the car around. And he's like, nope, nope, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to be near this creature. Absolutely not. And they're like, please, please. They're like begging him. So finally, he's like, okay, fine. When they get back to where Bill had originally seen it, Mike and Andy start screaming, come on, creature, I want to see you out the window like 17-year-old boys would. Yeah. And Bill was like, can you not? (laughs) Because he doesn't want to see it again. Yeah, fair. Which I feel like this is probably burned into his head. Right. That night, he dropped his friends off at their houses. He went home and told his dad about it. His dad's like, you can't go out anymore. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, "Mm." he's like, that's a weird description, Bill. (laughs) These are, this is a weird way to describe creature. (laughs) You need to find new friends. Bill? Well, not even just that. It's just like, Bill, can you like read a book or something? Because you've got to do something differently with how you're describing things because we're all nauseous now. Bill goes on to tell more people. Eventually, we'll talk about it in a few minutes, but like that he gets interviewed. And, like People know Bill for this. He grows up to be an artist and he's like, I've been in galleries. I've done well. But when people Google my name, they always see this. And I'm like, oh, poor Bill. <laughs> That's free advertising, sir. (laughs) I'd be like, you should paint this. Paint this creature. Yeah. Paint what you saw. (laughs) Lindsay and I, of course, have to start every episode with looking at houses. (laughs) And just think of the entryway of the one that we were looking at that had like a mural of angels. (laughs) But it's this. It's just cryptids. And that one's in the middle. Oh, no. This one has to be off to the side. Yeah. Mm -mm, No. No, I need it off to the side with its toes curled around a rock. (laughs) Oh, we'll get to that. Because, by the way, the reason it has big hands and feet is not because of the foot part or the palm of the hand part. It's because the fingies are long. (laughs) Fingies. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So let's talk about another sighting that happened that same night. It was around midnight when John Baxter, who was only 15 at the time, left his girlfriend... Kathy Cronin's house. About a half hour later, and a mile into his walk, he sees someone short approaching him. It was dark and overcast, so he really couldn't see the figure. It was just a shadowy figure, so he wasn't sure who it was. He did, though, have an acquaintance who was short and lived on the same road he was walking on called Mr. G. (laughs) So he's like, maybe it's Mr. G. So because he thought it was Mr. G, he calls out to him, but the figure didn't respond. So John's walking and the creature's kind of walking towards him. So they're walking towards each other. But then the figure suddenly stops. So John stops too, because he's like, what the hell? And he says, who is that? Because Mr. G probably would have said something, right? He takes a step forward to try to see the figure better. And when he does, the figure scampers quickly to the left. 
It runs down a shallow ditch and then up the other side. I don't like this. She's already laughing. (laughs) John can hear its movements crunching in the dry leaves in the ditch. So he does what any 15-year-old would do. (laughs) He follows it. But can you imagine this, though? Like, you're just like, you hear, that's my crunching in the leaves kind of sound. Like, I feel like I can hear it in my head. It really creeps me out. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. We play a game almost daily with Hallie when I go outside because we have a tortoise. So I have to go outside and like, you know, give her food and water. And there's bushes by her little enclosure. And then Hallie hears the crunching of leaves. And every day I have to figure out, hopefully it's not a snake, but is it a lizard? Is it a bunny? Will it hurt me? Will she hurt it? It's not a fun game. (laughs) You said game like it was going to be something that anyone other than Hallie enjoyed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No one enjoys it but Hallie. Anyway, so he's following it down into this ditch for some reason. And when he's down in the ditch, he sees the figure about 30 feet away. And the figure is standing on top of a rock with its toes curled around the rock it's standing on. So kind of when she was talking about its fingies, it's like holding on. Also, the way he describes it as like the toes are molded to it. Yeah. They're toe fingies, because if it's a long thing, it's a finger. So, like, if even if it's on your foot, it's a fingy. It's a toe fingy. <laughs> That's fair. A tinky. Yeah. If you will. If you will. So, Baxter describes the creature as the body kind of looking like a monkey. Its head is a figure eight shape. And I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? But we'll have we'll have a picture that we'll put up. Its eyes are bright, and it's looking right at John. John, of course, started to feel uneasy. So he started to move backwards up the slope of the ditch to get away from it. John then started to walk down the road quickly to get away because it sounds awful. And he's near an intersection and a couple who was driving past him picked him up. As we were researching and we saw this, the first thing that came to my head was this sounds like the beginning of a true crime story. Like he saw this and then he got picked up because it's a teenager in the 70s, late at night, getting into a stranger's car mm-hmm. well it didn't happen in texas though hmm? oh yeah it's true i feel like everything happens in texas in the 70s like every true crime case from the 70s that we've done in texas has been this yes but luckily he made it home he made it home fine and the next day he told his friend will tainter what he had seen and he made a sketch and the sketch is really something i love it it's <laughs> ridiculous i wish he would have included the weird eyes because he made this like alien like figure holding a tree with its what'd you call them uh foot fingies tingies tingies toe fingies tingies wrapped around a rock but i do understand the figure eight head he just means like an alien head or like a baked bean or a baked bean (laughs) (laughs) but i love that there's a picture of him holding his sketch (laughs) He's so proud of it. And he's like, I made this. Also, like, I like the details in this sketch because this is either a small tree or this is significantly larger. I think it's just a small tree, (laughs) but there's like flowers next to him and like a rock that vaguely resembles a scrotum in front of the tree. Two rocks, honestly, that kind of look like scrotums, if I'm being real with you. But the 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 tingies do, in fact, appear molded to scrote rock. They do. He did a good job depicting that. Yeah. What I don't understand is why do all kids in the 70s look like they're 30? They do. They simply do. <laughs> I feel like teenagers in the 70s look like grown men who are tired of everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about our next sighting. Again, it's around midnight. This is John's friend, Will. Now, he's about 18, and he's driving Abby Brabham home. As he's driving, Abby says she sees something on the left side of the road. Always on the left side of the road. Mm -hmm. It's in the headlights, and it's on all fours this time, and it's facing the car. Now, I just want to point out that if it's on all fours, that means its fingers are either up like spiders, or they're fully flat. And I don't know which one of those is more scary. I imagine him, like, perched on... Like his fingertips kind of like tiptoeing a Black Widow walks. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like spidering around. Yeah. Yeah. So Abby and Will describe the creature as monkey-like, 
beige or light tan colored with green glowing eyes. His eye color changes. When Will told investigators about these green eyes, they were like, are you sure? There was another account where the person said they had orange eyes. Will didn't see it as clearly as Abby did because he was driving and was probably like, I also need to focus on the road. But he was adamant that the eyes were green and not orange. I also feel like generally those are two very different colors. Yeah. But interesting that it would have different eye colors. I think I would prefer to have green eyes because it being all like orange colored. (laughs) Peach colored. (laughs) Peach colored. I don't like it. Also, again, he said that the head was oblong. But here's where like we didn't get to before. It didn't have a nose. It didn't have ears. And it didn't have a mouth. And I guess I didn't think about that when everybody else described it. It didn't occur to me that it didn't have other facial features. And so I guess I'm just confused because it's like a peach colored, like baked bean with dangly limbs with like a big fucking head. And it only has like these fucking teeny little like green or orange eyes just glowing with these like long fingies. And I'm just so deeply unsettled and I have a hard time picturing it. Just how truly deranged it can be. And for no reason in my head... I When I picture it, I simply cannot not picture it as a mix between Crumb from Avril Monsters and Nigel Thornberry. Uh-huh. And I don't know why. <laughs> I have no clue why that is the combination I that I have. So much. But I it's like Nigel so holding specific. <laughs> I just don't understand why that's... Where I go. All I'm thinking of is Nigel Thornberry holding his eyes up. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. No, that's that's what I have forever. Thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. Everyone, you're welcome. But so, okay. So remember, Abby sees it more clearly than Will, and she's like, Can you speed up, please? So he speeds past it because they want to get away from this thing that's like staring at them and horrifying looking. That's when Will remembers that John told him about the creature. When Will talked about this, he's like, honestly, it wasn't that big of a deal. I probably would have forgotten about it altogether if John hadn't already told me about it. And I'm like, what kind of life are you leading where, like, the faked bean creature with fingies isn't, like, sticking out in your head? I don't, I just don't know what that would be. But anyway, so as they're driving, Will's asking Abby about what she saw. And he's asking her questions in a way to try to be, like, to get her to, like change her story right he's asking her leading questions to see if she'll contradict what she said earlier yeah and she sticks to her her description and her description again matches what john said as always we want i don't look up a picture of this i want people to draw this i want to see what their dover demon looks like perfect love it perfect perfect continuing on let's move on with the dover demon lauren coleman and jerome clark wrote Creatures of the Outer Edge. And Coleman interviewed those who have seen the creature and recorded their accounts. She also spoke with several UFO researchers because the descriptions sounded like humanoid beings. That's why they have the alien head, the figure eight head. Maybe. Maybe. I would I would say that humanoid would require things like a nose and a mouth, but who am I? I mean, not necessary. It's fine. Perfect. So she spoke with Ed Fogg of the New England UFO Study Group, Joseph Nyman of the Mutual UFO Network, and Walter Webb of the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization. Those that had sightings didn't seek out the media about what they had seen. Adults within the community believed that the kids saw what they had seen. I think that's fair. You kind of have a sense of how scared a kid is. I think it's more a sense of there can't be more of this bullshit out there. That's fair. They're just like, there's one. All right, I can't handle two mentally. There's one. It's also unlikely that it was a hoax from a third party, because how would they even do that? Especially, I mean, I know some of it happened the same night, but various accounts, it would be really tricky to set up. It was the 70s. And like the creatures in all accounts moved. Right, right. Ran through the ditch. Others, though, had suggested that perhaps they saw a baby moose. Which makes me wonder if that person has ever seen a moose. Because (laughs) we have a bunch of pictures of baby moose in our outline, and they are the cutest fucking things. The best part of the research was looking at baby moose. Baby meese? Look at it jumping. I don't know. I think it's moose. 
I know. I mean, they do have stupidly long legs, but they don't have fingies. They do not have fingies. And they also have a nose and a mouth and ears. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the crazy eye color, I think, is missing. Yes. Yes. So per Coleman, there was an uptick in strange occurrences, and often the sightings were connected. Hmm. Sounds familiar. Yes. Yes. Now, I mentioned it earlier, but Bill Bartlett was interviewed in 2006, which is 29 years later, and he stuck to his story. He says that it wasn't a hoax and that sometimes he actually did wish he had made it up because it's embarrassing. People still look at him and still look him up and see that. He also said that a year after his initial sighting, he was parked in a car with his girlfriend when he heard a thumping sound hit his car, and then he saw a small creature skittering away. Oh, no. So he wondered if perhaps it was the creature again, but he was like, it could also have been someone playing a prank because everyone had knew this story. Right, right. Do you believe in the Dover demon? Do you think it exists? I mean, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of people talk about this particular cryptid compared to the other ones. I honestly think they just haven't heard about it. I think we're going to bring the peachy bean some notoriety. (laughs) That's what we're renaming it. The Dover (laughs) demon is not good. He doesn't sound demonic at all. He just sounds weird. Like, this sounds, I have no reason to believe this. But to me, this cryptid is like a peeping Tom that breathes very heavily. And there's no reason for me to think this. Nothing has told me this. No one has seen this. But in every cryptid story, we typically have like, what do they do, right? Here, it's like, exist and scare teenagers. I need to think that they're, like, doing something more suspicious. They're, like, climbing up on windowsills and, like, you look outside and you see the glowing eyes and, like, the weird bean head. But it didn't have a mouth, so how could it be, like, breathing really weird? That's part of the magic. Oh. Where is it breathing from? You don't know. It's eyes, clearly. Maybe it's got a (laughs) blowhole at the top of its head and you just couldn't (laughs) see it. Oh, that made it so much worse. (laughs) Perfect. Love it. Oh, my God. And that's why it's all wet, because it drools down. That's (laughs) what. Yeah, that's where the wet. That's where the slickness comes from. Oh, God. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. What an image. Uh, In your drawings, feel free to include it with or without the blowhole. Amanda's like, please stop. I love when people send us these drawings, too. Yeah, that's the absolute best. That's the reason we do these. Do you have any questions about the Dover Demon that, or any comments that you want to make? I mean, I still have Nigel Thornberry in my head, so I think that's the image right there. So the next script that we're going to talk about is the Snallygaster. My favorite name. It's a fun one to say. And it's from Maryland. The first time I heard of this was when I was in Sykesville and there was like a mural of the Snallygaster. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> One of the local business owners who owns Title Salt there, which is a really cute little store, was like, it's a Snallygaster. Like, it was the thing that anybody would know. And you're like, okay. <laughs> so, it's just an interesting note before we get into this. Once the stories about this creature began to spread, people were so panicked and this, like the stories were so exaggerated that there were rumors that President Teddy Roosevelt considered hunting the beast personally rather than going on an international hunting trip. Oh. Yeah. So... It was first seen by German immigrants in the 1730s, and they called it a Schnellergeist, which means quick spirit in German. You're probably wondering, how did we get Snallygaster from Schnellergeist? And it's because Snallygaster is a mispronunciation of kind of the shortened version of of those words, which was Schnellgeister. I can kind of hear it. Yeah. But Snallygaster is what we call it today. We talked about the Dover Demon doesn't really do anything other than stand and scare teenagers. The Snallygaster does some things. The first thing it does is it fights with its nemesis, the Dwayo. And we're actually going to talk about the Dwayo next. There are stories that the two would have, quote unquote, epic battles, but I couldn't find any single specific story where they talked about where they fought, how they fought, what it looked like. They just wanted them to fight. Yeah, they were like, similar time, let them go for it. When we're done, I want everyone's opinion on who they think would win in a fight between the Dwayo and the Snallygaster. I think that there's a very clear winner here. (laughs) Early stories claim that the Snallygaster would suck the blood of its victims. And alternatively, other early stories say that people didn't really see the Snallygaster. They just heard like this screech and then and farm animals would go missing. And that was kind of how they figured out that there was this creature. Or a hawk. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> also, things like coyotes make pretty terrifying sounds. Additionally, most stories say that the creature lived in caves. Why not? Makes sense. So let's talk about what it looks like. Some say it's dragon-like, that it's half bird, half reptile. So, you know, dragon. <laughs> Others, though, say that it's half bird, half demon or ghoul. Okay. <laughs> it has a metallic beak, so it's flashy. And for some reason, it also has sharp as fuck teeth in its beak. It's a lot happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some accounts, though, we're going to get even weirder, <laughs> include tentacles. <laughs> like, where are these tentacles? Around its abdomen, from what I understand. Like, it's its undercarriage. So they're not coming out the back because where the wings are. So it's under the wings? No. So, like, think, like, front of the body is where the tentacles are. Back of the body is the wings. Ben has a snally gastro tattoo as well. It's beautiful. Okay. With tentacles? I don't know if it has tentacles. Well, he better go get them added. I'm... <laughs> I love it. Uh, apparently, because why not? Most cryptids smell like this. It smelled like sulfur. I feel like people are always like, there's a demon. It's the sulfur. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Accordingly, farmers would paint hex signs in their barns to keep the snallygaster away. So it's like, up. Oh, that's my weird symbol. Can't go in there. I'll leave their chickens alone today. I saw some accounts that said that people would paint seven pointed stars specifically. Hmm. But I only saw that in one spot. So I was like, I don't know if that's true. But I, I love the idea that like, perhaps the reason you see stars on barns is to keep the snallygaster away. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. You know what I saw recently is... A TikTok where they're like, this is how we keep our chickens safe. And you know those things outside of like car dealerships, the waving guys? Yes. It have like six of those around their barn. <laughs> Brilliant. Just waving around, keeping their chickens safe. That's what they really needed <laughs> in the 19. If only they would have had wacky, wild, inflatable. Too bad. So the first account of the Snallygaster is in a newspaper from 1909. Interestingly, this was just weeks after there was a slew of Jersey Devil sightings in 1909. And there were over a thousand sightings. Jersey Devil. Lindsay, you know what we need now. Jersey Devil. I also can't even read the word New Jersey without like saying it in my head. Jersey Devil. Jersey Devil. Saying what? Jersey Devil. With more heart. Jersey Devil. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, how do you call out? Jersey Devil. We talked about in that episode that people were calling out of work Jersey Devil. And I wonder if people were like, we want something cool to call out of work about. I can't come in the <laughs> Snallygasters about. <laughs> yeah, it's taking my chickens. I have to draw weird heck signs <laughs> on my barn. <laughs> Mom, I can't right now. I have to paint stars on the fucking barn. It's emo armor kids. <laughs> Mom, I can't come help you churn butter. I've got to paint stars on the barn. <laughs> Do you love my moody 1900s teenager emo boy voice? That's a good accent. That's a fresh one. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> emo started in 1909. <laughs> Here's proof. <laughs> Lindsay's weird accent. Look, I was channeling the spirit of a moody young man from the 1900s just then. What if I was and didn't know it was? Or a 12-year-old boy? No, this was a solid like 15 and a half. Oh, okay. Okay. 15 and a half specifically. <laughs> You're welcome. Great. Well, I said we were going to try to get an accent in every episode now. And you know what? We're doing good. Here's the thing. It's not even on purpose on my part. Like, I'm just like... This calls for an accent. I can't I can't simply say this in my own voice. Yeah, that's fair. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So back to our sightings in 1909. Accounts in the newspaper said the Snallygaster had, quote, enormous wings, a long pointed bill, claws like steel hooks, and an eye in the center of its forehead. Somehow this being a cyclops makes it less scary to me. <laughs> it makes it so cool. So cool. Also, that it had a screech sound, quote, like a locomotive whistle. I wouldn't say that it's a screech sound, though, right? Like, I'm like, no, I wouldn't either. Hoot, hoot. Like, it's like a, it's like a pleasant sound. <laughs> Do it again. 
wrong with me? <laughs> like, why am I? Why do I always do this? I do any type of sound effect. Hoot, hoot. <laughs> That's how it's going to end the episode. <laughs> like, I sound like a... <laughs> I sound like a... <laughs> like a drunk owl. <laughs> hoot, hoot. <laughs> Perfect. It's perfect. And now you just need an eye in your fo- in the center of your forehead and got this down. It's me. I'm the Snallygaster. <laughs> <gasps> your skincare routine must be perfect. The sighting was provided by Thomas C. Harbaugh. And I love that everyone always just had to put their like middle initial to make it sound fancy. Well, you don't want to get them mistaken for Thomas F. Harbaugh. You're right. You're right. How fucking dare me. I see why. I see why. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So Thomas C. Harbaugh was a friend of the editor of the Middletown Valley Register. People questioned whether the story in the letter was fabricated to boost readership. I mean, maybe, but that sounds like a lot just to get people to... Well, I think that it's partially because it came soon after the Jersey Devil sightings. That's fair. I also think that, like, that, again, I think you were right. You were onto something. They just needed a reason to call out. They were looking for a way to call out of work or for a reason to paint some six stars on their barns. And Thomas C. Harbaugh's like, I got you. I also think that generally when people hear someone else give an account of something unbelievable, they're more likely to do it. So I wonder if it's perhaps more of that than anything else. Because for the Dover Demon, Bill Bartlett, right? It was his account for years. Everybody thought it was the first one. And then, you know, someone took the account of Mark Sinat, who was like, oh, yeah, I saw it like five years before that. And so he wasn't the first person to say it. I was cool before it was cool. Peachy Bean. (laughs) He's Southern now, by the way. Perfect. Love it. In February of 1909, an article in the Valley Register in Middletown recounted that the Snallygaster snatched up a man, bit the man in the jugular, and completely drained the blood from the body, then dropped his body on a hillside. Very specific. It escalated very quickly. I would imagine that for that to be a thing that happened, you would have lots of different witnesses. I was in the barn where there wasn't a star painted. And I saw this man get scooped up or I was tending to my goats when a man dropped from the sky into my my farm, completely exsanguinated. It's just kind of this like complete story with like a bow on it, which I think is a little bit interesting. Yeah, they would need more proof, like the man's name and someone maybe disappeared or (laughs) yeah, they had to bury someone. Yeah, anything really. I don't know. So the story spread after that, and it feels almost like a game of telephone, you know, like each occurrence has more and more happening with it. Well, also more features to this creature. Now it drinks blood. It's such a weird amalgamation of of like physical characteristics. Like it's got wings, but also tentacles, but it's long, but it's a cyclops and it's got a metallic beak, but also tons of fucking teeth that are really sharp. How can you Mm -hmm. see that from the sky? Like it's flying above. I love it. This is the one to draw. I've tried and I always I have some difficulty because I'm like, I don't know which which things to focus on here. There's too many features. Well, some of the pictures that I've seen, the tentacles are like coming from under the beak or they come out of the beak. Yes, they all change. Yeah. Oh, I still have pictures up and one of them is very frightening. By pictures, Amanda means drawings, by the way. (laughs) Not photographs. Uh, this is a photograph, clearly. I don't like that. No, it, it was frightening. That looks like Anyways. a penis came to life. <laughs> I am not wrong. I'm just going to leave a weird silence there. <laughs> I'm, again, <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, so this thing got out of hand, and the Smithsonian offered a $100,000 reward for the Snallygaster's hide. That's more than $3.3 million in money today. That's crazy. It's an expensive hide. It is. So after the articles were published, there were sightings all over. There were sightings in New Jersey, although we could not find specifics on what the sightings were, just that they apparently were there. I would be intrigued on whether they were Snallygaster or Jersey Devil. There were also sightings in West Virginia. A woman near Scrabble 
West Virginia, was almost seized by the creature. And also, in case you were wondering, the game Scrabble is not from Scrabble, West Virginia. It's from Dodgington Town, Connecticut, because I needed to know if Scrabble was named after Scrabble. Yeah. Additionally, in West Virginia, someone in Sharpsburg found it in their barn where it had laid an egg. Clearly, there was not an emo (laughs) farm boy there painting stars. Right. But apparently, the egg was the size of a barrel. Oh. And, you know, just in case you were wondering, that means the egg was about mm, three-fifths of a 12-year-old boy's height. Okay. Okay. It's a big fucking egg. Yeah. Another sighting that wasn't in West Virginia, but I couldn't find where it was, said that a few lumberjacks found one of the Snallygaster's nests and the egg <laughs> and that the egg was big enough to hatch a horse. <laughs> <laughs> so like, is that a new unit of measurement that it's big enough to fit a horse in it? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I said a horse or a foal? A full grown horse or a baby horse? Because those are two they different sizes. They said horse. So that's a big egg. The nest itself was on a high cliff, which was interesting because a lot of the times Laura said that they lived in caves. Well, if rescuers down under taught me anything, <laughs> that was an eagle's nest. <laughs> the Valley Register also wrote that a man had written to them claiming that he had seen a horned creature with massive wings and a 20 foot long tail. And again, that tail was about mm, 4.13 12 year old boys. That to me sounds like <laughs> the Jersey Devil. Everything sounds like the Jersey Devil. It does. But like horned creature, long tail, big wings. Mm -hmm. Wings. Yeah. They didn't say llama face, but I'll allow it. Sure. Sometimes in the descriptions and or drawings of the Snallygaster, it looks snake like. Mm -hmm. So I could see how perhaps they would think that the tail was the tail and not the body. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. So have you seen this? Of course. My husband's are. (laughs) You don't even know if it has tentacles. You haven't even seen his arm. I've never seen my husband's arm. Not once in <laughs> my life. Keep your skin covered. <laughs> Isn't that the rule? You made us dress in turtlenecks and long sleeves. Yeah. I thought that was just a rule. Yeah. that's Everyone around me has to wear long sleeves all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You've been reading that weird book again, haven't you? What weird the book? etiquette book. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. What was that? Uh, strange medicine. A skirt above the knee? What are you, a common whore? Like, it didn't say it, but it did not <laughs> say that, you know? You're welcome. We're getting a lot of accents today. So many accents today. It's perfect. What a ride. What a ride. So let's talk about some more Maryland sightings. A man found the Snallygaster cozied up near a brick-burning kiln in western Maryland. It made a loud screech when it woke up and it flew away. But he did not say that it sounded like a locomotive. <laughs> hoot, hoot. <laughs> Here's my thing. I love the idea of any creature being woken up mid-sleep and being like, ah, and then just running, like, like fleeing. Running away. Yeah, like, Flying imagine away. if, like, every time someone woke you up, you just, like, screeched. People would stop waking you up. <laughs> they would. Maybe I should. Yeah, you, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Learn from the Snallygaster. She's got good boundaries. What would the Snallygaster do? What was, oh, that's a t-shirt right there. What would the Snallygaster do? Amazing. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be a cute little logo right there. Yeah. yeah. I want that. Okay. A little so- button. We can make those, uh, those like word bracelets. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. So in Carroll County... Three men claimed to have fought the Snallygaster near a railroad station for about an hour and a half before they chased it into the woods. Are they just fighting trains? <laughs> I feel like the average person should know the difference between a train and a cryptid. But I, I'm as I'm saying this, it's because of the locomotive whistle. That's is that the connection that we're drawing here? Okay, that yeah. that makes sense. I was like, I don't think anything said it looked like a, a train, but. Maybe, maybe they fought trains and it was just like driving by. <laughs> they were just very intoxicated. Yes, yes. It was also seen flying in Hagerstown in an area called Lover's Leap, which is south of Middletown. Charles F. Maine, an ice cream entrepreneur. <laughs> Best job ever. 10 out of 10. <laughs> saw the creature flying about 25 feet off the ground in Braddock Heights. He said that it had about a 12 to 14 foot wingspan and that it had arms 
or tentacles that would unfurl and then draw back up. He speculated whether <laughs> it had an octopus in its mouth. <laughs> and just because everyone's wondering, that's about two and a half 12-year-old boys in Wingspan. Also, new descriptor, Charles also said that it changed from black to white. Now we're going to get to my favorite part. I knew you would love it. So lastly, it was seen flying between Gapland and Burkittsville. Apparently, it laid another large egg there. And all I can think about is that the Blair Witch had this as a pet. Can I tell you, that is also where I went with it, was that it was her pet, not that she hatched from that egg. We could have also gone that route, <laughs> but we were like, no, the Snallygaster is her pet. Yeah, of course it is. That she feeds octopi and it flies around eating them. <laughs> Scaring the townspeople. They have so many octopi in Burkittsville. <laughs> she feeds it octopi so they can fly around and eat them and scare the ice cream entrepreneurs. She would not want them moving into Burkittsville to ruin her plans. Not the ice Spoiler cream entrepreneurs. Plans. Everyone knows the... Everyone knows Clearly, the, the Blair Witch hates ice cream. Everyone knows that the Blair Witch is an egg custard girly. <laughs> I can't wait till next time I'm there and we are going to Burkittsville. I don't care what happens. I'm trying to convince Amanda to come here for like a longer extended period of time. And I think that, yeah, we, do, we need to, especially during the fall when it's spooky. Yeah. We're going to go into the forest. And we're going to find the Blair Witch. I mean, I don't know about that, but we can go to Burkittsville Forest and find the Blair Witch. It's all I've ever wanted. In life. <laughs> she'll just die happy and she'll be happy about it being killed by the Blair Witch and her pet Snallygaster. Yes. I just feel like, please show me your pet. I'm very much. There are no ice cream men here. <laughs> I brought you an ice cream man sacrifice. <laughs> and a fresh custard. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's all they were missing. That whole movie would have been totally different. Yeah, she just wanted them to bring some egg custard. And they were just being dramatic about it. And snotting everywhere. I know. I know. She even made them little rock pile offerings. Yeah. <laughs> that the, the demon could come mold its toes around. <laughs> I need you to know that what I am picturing the Blair Witch now as is... Ursula with the eels are snallygasters. A flying version <laughs> was, of this. I was just thinking of that meme where like people find pets and they're like, I'm your mother now. <laughs> she, like, stumbled upon this giant ass egg the size of a horse. And it hatches. She's like, I'm your mother now. Amanda. It's like frantically eating everything. But here's the thing though. If you found an egg the size of a horse and it hatched and you saw a creature inside that was not a bug. Would you not say, I'm your mother now? <laughs> Clearly, every creature I find, I try to bring into the house. Or throw into a pond outside of a mansion. <laughs> we were, again, we were looking at houses that no one could afford. And each of them had ponds, and I have an aquatic turtle. So I said, oh, look, that's where we'll throw the turtle, into that pond. So eat it right on in. He would love it. Okay, he would love it. So, Snallygasters. There were no sightings of the Snallygaster for 23 years. That's too long. Too long. I mean, you know what? He was traveling with the Blair Witch. That's why. Oh, yeah, that's why. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. We got you. The next sighting was in Frederick County. People concluded that their life expectancy was 20 years and that the new sightings were the kids of the original Snallygaster that had been seen in 1909. So, you know, those giant horse eggs. Those hatched. I don't know where they got that it only lasted 20 years, though. Like, did they find a carcass? They were making it up as they went. They were just like, you know, it's time for us to just make up some facts. Mm -hmm. 20 years sounds good. That's a good life for a pet or mm -hmm. creature that's terrorizing the countryside. But I don't know how they got to this conclusion. They just thought about it. Yeah, they're like, okay, this makes sense in our heads. Also, just new thought. The reason they made the Blair Witch movie... Mm was to make people scared of the Burkittsville forest because the Snallygasters had eggs there and they didn't want people fucking with them. So they're like, you know what? We'll freak everyone out. I love this. 
and then no one will go there. Like, right? I'm saying, let's go to the forest. You're like, no, it worked. We could go get photographic evidence of the Snallygaster. Well, I just need you to know that if that is the case, assuming that they hatched within a reasonable time after the movie was released, uh-huh. those Snallygasters are dead because that was released in 1999 and they would be 24. So they are either dead or very geriatric. You know what? Snallygaster. So there might be fresh ones. Yes. So there's even more. What we're saying is Burkittsville Forest is teeming with Snallygastai. <laughs> That's the plural. Yes, yes. Well, think about that. Everyone's talking about, you know, dog life expectancy lately, right? Because that dog just turned 31. Love that. And so maybe they're wrong. And these things are 31 too. (laughs) Specifically 31. Yeah. (laughs) He's still going. I don't know how long he's going to go. Forever. Hopefully. Some people think that the Snallygaster sightings came back after 23 years because moonshiners were trying to keep people out of the woods so that they wouldn't come across their stills. What they should have done is made another Blair Witch movie that was good. Or the first one, because this this would have been like 1920s. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Clearly that's where it came from. That was their other that was their backup plan. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. We actually just it's the original. We just haven't seen it. You know what I mean? It was the first cut. Yeah. It was a flip book. Yeah, they'd go, oh, you know those things that you looked through? Yeah. And it was like a, <laughs> yeah. Where you go, where you go, at the top, that thing? No, there's some that you would step onto and watch. It kind of looks like that. Oh. But it would be like, it would spin around and have a little cartoon normally. Oh, okay. So this story, right? There's a creature in the woods. Don't go there. It might eat you and drink your blood. But also, it makes these horribly loud sounds. Like a locomotive <laughs> hoot hoot. And some people say like a locomotive hoot hoot. And others say terribly large screeching metallic sounds. And metallic because it has a metallic beak. Those would yeah. be a good cover for the sounds of the stills. So the more people started hearing st- sounds that could be attributed to a still, the more reports of Snallygaster sightings there were. The Valley Register asked its reader to provide very detailed descriptions if they had seen it because they were trying to prove or disprove it. And shortly after they asked for this, two Middletown residents said they saw the Snallygaster east of Braddock Heights. Other publications began to report about the Snallygaster, including the Washington Post and the Baltimore Sun. Additionally, there are rumors that National Geographic was planning to come to Maryland to try to photograph Snallygaster. And our Snallygaster end of our story has two alternate endings. The first is that some sources say the final sighting was in 1932 and that this was reported by the Baltimore Sun and that in Washington County, the Snallygaster was said to have fallen mid-flight when flying over a whiskey still because it had kind of got unconscious from the fumes, and it fell into a 2,500-gallon vat of booze. And that when people came to inspect it, they destroyed both the body and the vat. I don't like that story. I also don't like this story. From what I've seen, the people people say that there was a bad photo that was kind of blurry and shadowy of the Snallygaster that ran with it, but I couldn't find that actual photo. Mm-hmm. Now, the other end of the story is that other sources say there were sightings as late as 1948 in Frederick, Maryland. It's out there. He's out there. She's out there. I don't know. She's a gal to me. I don't know why. All I'm thinking is a hawk or an eagle with a snake in its mouth. It's like the Mexican flag. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I could see how you could see that. How like that could be seen. Or And also, like if you saw that above you, you might just see dangly thing, big beak wings. Yeah. Well, we've seen like hawks here go and pick something up from the ground very quickly. And you can't really see what it is. But if they did get a snake, you could think that it's tentacles. Yes. And I mean, hawks, eagles, things like that make the screech sound. They're very loud. I don't think that they could pick a guy up, but you know. And exsanguinate him and drop him on the countryside? I mean, there's a lot of species out there of things. True. (laughs) But I feel like it should come from the ocean. Yeah. (laughs) See how sad I was. (laughs) So let's talk about our third and final cryptid of the day, the Dwayo. The nemesis. And this one's also in Maryland. And I just don't understand why, if there's so many cool things there, why you're not sending me photos of them daily. What else can you be doing? (laughs) I don't have a job. Uh, This isn't where I live. It's in places that are like an hour-ish away. 
An hour is nothing. I'm sorry I failed you. (laughs) I drive an hour all the time to go anywhere. And it's less important than finding these creatures. Cancel your plans this weekend. This is what you're doing. You're very right. This is what I'm doing. I'm not watching my niece and nephew. I'm... Nope. Take them with. Snallygaster searching. Yeah. Let's talk about the Dwayo. What he looks like. Wolf-like. Dog face. Dark fur. Bipedal. Uses its front legs like arms. And, you know, six feet tall. Which would be about mm, one and a quarter 12-year-old boys tall. I, what I like about this one is I'm like, is it just like a werewolf? Like a wolf man? Like, that's what it is, I think. And yeah. I'm like, interesting that it has its own thing. Right? I mean, it sounds like a f- stray dog that I will take. I'm your mother now. <laughs> there are like 17,000 different goat men. So to me, I'm like, yes. oh, it's just like the Maryland werewolf. Yeah, yeah. So its first sighting was in 1944 in Middletown. And along with the others, that's where everything happens. You need to move to Middletown. I have no idea where that is compared to you, but I feel like everything's right there. It's an hour and 10 minutes away. Okay, so like right next door. Anyways, so this first sighting in 1944, when they saw it, they also heard the creature make a frightful scream. (laughs) Very dramatic. And there were footprints that matched the description of the creature. Like, pause. If I know anything about cryptids, it's that they have to scream. If they're not screaming, <laughs> they're not crypting. They're doing it wrong. Or they're choo-chooing. Hoot, hoot. It works. It works. So the first publication was on November 27th of 1965 in the Frederick News Post. A man who used the alias of John Becker described an altercation between him and the Dwayo in the woods near Gambrill State Park. It was getting dark. John went outside to investigate a noise that he had heard from the inside which you know you don't do. That's where I went wrong first. You just let those noises outside be noises outside. That's not your exactly. business. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So as he turned the corner of his home, he saw something moving towards him. John described the creature as comparable to the size of a bear, long black hair, not fur, and a bushy tail. So like a long haired bear is what I hear. Emo bear. <laughs> not to be confused with emo farm boy, who's 15.5. Right. Right. (laughs) The creature was growling at John like a dog or a wolf. When the creature got closer to John, it stood up on its hind legs and attacked him. John and the creature fought until it ran back into the woods. I don't know how you'd fight that. I don't either. But my other question is, like, don't some types of dogs or wolves jump up onto you and stand on their back feet when they're lunging at you? So, like, Mm -hmm. it's not that it's walking. It's that it's lunging. Yeah. It's not that it can normally stand up on its back feet. It's just it's balancing its body on you mid-attack. Also, these men are doing a lot of fighting cryptids, allegedly. Mm -hmm, And or trains. (laughs) And or trains. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) So apparently... John's wife and children also witnessed the fight and the creature. John called the police and told them about what had happened. And he called it a dwayo. And I love the the picture of it. There's a depiction based off of John's description by Ed Mull. And the picture just looks like a weird fox standing up. Like a fox squirrel with boxing arms, like an old timey fight. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) I'm loving these artist renderings in these. These are flawless only second to the loveland frogmen <laughs> that's fair so the newspaper also provided the account to police who attempted to investigate i'm not sure how they're like it's gone what do you want sergeant clyde b tucker said that he could not find john and the address that he provided didn't exist suspicious very suspicious In December of 1965, in Jefferson, a woman called state police to report that a creature unlike anything she had ever seen was chasing her cows. She said it was dog-shaped, brown, and the size of a calf. An (laughs) officer went out to investigate, but found nothing. It was literally like a Great Dane. That's all that I keep thinking is that this is just like a dog or a wolf or a bear. When When you call bears cryptids, that makes people think that other things that are real don't exist because they're like, it's just a bear. Or perhaps bears don't exist. It was a thick cat than bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this would fall. Where would this fall on the thick cat thin bear spectrum? 
I think right dab in the right middle. middle. Right in the middle. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is, in fact, a thick cat and a thin bear. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Like, it's a creature unlike anything I've ever seen before. And it was chasing my cows. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I'm imagining this police call. <laughs> Obviously, we have no reason to think that this was Clyde again. We're not even in the same county, by the way. But it's Clyde, again, investigating. And she's like, Sergeant Clyde, there's a creature unlike anything I've ever seen before. And it's chasing cows. It's dog-shaped and brown. He's like, perhaps it was a dog. And it's the size of a baby cow. (laughs) Did your dog get out, ma'am? Ma'am, is it a dog-shaped dog (laughs) chasing your cows? (laughs) Well, I've never seen that breed before. Ma'am, have you been hitting the sauce again? (laughs) Again. <laughs> it's not their first time. She calls them every day. They've been to this property. They absolutely went out to quote unquote investigate. Typical Maud. <laughs> You're welcome. I like her name too. Yeah. So a year later, in the summer of 1966, a man who referred to himself as Jim <laughs> saw a dwayo on the edges of Gambrill State Park. Jim was heading to his campsite when he saw the creature, and he described it as shaggy, two-legged, was about the size of a deer, triangle-shaped head, pointed ears and chin, and dark brown. Triangle-shaped head. Interesting. I don't know anything. What has a triangle-shaped head other than pyramid head? Well, if you think about like how like like a, a deer? dog or a wolf's head is shaped, like look at that picture again. That is technically a triangle. I guess... If you think nose to tip of the ear to jawline. So it was a fox? It's not the best description, but it's also, <laughs> at least I can picture it in my head, you know? Like, it's not the Dover Demon. It's not, I, I need to stop calling it that. It's not the Peach Bean. So Jim said that when the creature was near him, it screeched and then it backed away. Typical. Jim said that its legs, quote, stuck out from the side of the trunk of the body, making its movements appear almost spider-like, and then it backed away. Mm-mm. hate that. Don't like it. So, of course, people peopled, and a dwayo hunt was scheduled for December 8th of 1965 at 5 p.m., and nearly 100 Frederick Community College students signed up to participate. But, luckily, barely anyone showed up, and not surprisingly, the hunt was a failure. So then, in the fall of 1976, in Frederick, near Thurmont, Two men were driving on a private road off of Route 77 when they saw a creature run into the road right in front of their car. They described the creature as at least six feet tall, inclined forward because it was moving quickly, with a large head, the profile of a wolf. And they also describe its fur in a little bit more detail. So they said that it had fur all over, but as it got down to its hips and lower, that the fur was like a light and dark stripe. So the rest of the fur looked dark or brindle, but like it was very distinguished like stripes on its bottom of its body. Hmm. They saw a okay. zebra. Um, <laughs> zebra wolf. <laughs> a zulf. Um, and they said its forearms were up like arms and they were slimmer than its thick muscular legs. Similar to a kangaroo. The men were very specific that it did not have the characteristics of an ape and it seemed like a wolf. And I think that what they were trying to say is like it didn't have humanoid features. Yeah. And or that it wasn't like very clearly like an escaped primate. Yeah. Then in late 1978 in Cunningham Falls, two park rangers saw a very large hairy bipedal creature. And then that's the last sighting we have. Now. Some lore says that the Dwayo isn't the Snallygaster's enemy, but rather it's what hatched from those horse-sized Snallygaster eggs, which begs the question of, like, who's the dad? I don't know. And that doesn't make any sense. Maybe a Dwayo is just a baby Snallygaster. I don't understand how, but maybe. Mm -hmm. Like, a tadpole doesn't look like a frog. That's true. Maybe its wings come later. And it loses its fur. Yeah, clearly. And then it grows its mouth tentacles. Mm-hmm. Or or eats a snake. Mm-hmm. Or an octopus. And grows a metal beak, as one does. Yeah. I think it's just kind of like how we paint our nails. <laughs> it gets its beak painted. <laughs> oh, it just, oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant that's how it gets its features. Is It's like, you know what I want this week? Wings. Next week. <gasps> oh, no, no. It's flashy beak. What if 
all of the cryptids that we see are just alien creatures that can mimic things that we see, but they're not good at knowing what our creatures look like. So they just have bad mixes of features. You know what I mean? They're like tentacles and wings are things you find on Earth. And it's like, but not together that we know of. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <Her> face. <sighs> Mine blown, Amanda. Well played. Well, that is the Dover Demon, Peach Bean, the Snallygaster, and the Dwayo. We're recording this on May 19th. But there are two Snallygaster festivals tomorrow. One's in Middletown, and the other one, I think, is beer-related. But the one in Middletown looks very, like, charming, and mm-hmm. I'm very sad to miss it. It looks really cute. And rudely, I did not see any Dwayu or Dover Demon festivals. So you know what we have to do. <laughs> Move to Maryland, Amanda. It is time. We must begin our cryptid festival calling how fun would that be ah, what a dream well when we tour eventually and have a cryptid oh yeah gathering. well in my infinite attempts to get amanda to move to maryland i'm like we could start a spooky travel agency where we curate spooky vacations and like go along on set spooky vacations think like you book a six-day cruise and they like tell you what to do and all the things you can do no it's not that you're you're coming with us we're on a bus we're going on a road trip, a spooky road trip. I want to go to there. See, it sounds amazing. You know, there's an Emos Not Dead cruise that I was highly considering. That doesn't surprise me at all. We could have a cryptid cruise. Oh, a cryptid cruise. You know who's on that Emos Not Dead cruise? That farm boy that's not dead. I bet he is. Another reason why I should go. It is. It is. I need to know. Do you believe in the Dover Demon, Amanda? The Dover Demon... I think that they're just seeing a weird animal with mange. Oh, I could see that. I could see that. I don't understand what its fingies are or tingies. Even a dog, when it has mange, its paws look really weird. Yeah, a certain kind of lighting, it looks worse than it actually is. Or just like, sometimes animals are hairless for no reason. Maybe it was a baby moose with no hair. Well, I'm just thinking of the weird sandpaper texture that it says. And normally that's like a diseased skin, right? Like we have um, sometimes on our neighborhood group, they'll be like, be careful. There's a coyote with mange out there. We've already called the city. Mm-hmm. And they look horrifying. Yes. It, I feel bad because I'm like, this poor thing. Can we just keep it and nurse it back to health? But there's rescue groups around here, luckily, that help them. Oh, good. But they look terrifying. So I wonder if it is just like a an animal in the area with mange. That's fair. Like, what would a fox look like with mange, you know? Yeah, like, what does it even say? I'm from Maryland, so I have, I by law, I have to believe in the Dwayne or Snallygaster. Do you believe in them? Clearly. They have a festival. Here's my next question. Did you ever watch the show Dharma and Greg? Here and there, yes. Are you aware Dharma's dog had a dog? No, I don't, I don't remember that one. Okay, the Blair Witch's pet Snallygaster has a pet and it's the Dwayu. Oh, cute. That's what yes. I that's what I like to think. That's how this is working. I think that's fair. I think that works. Mhm. Well, if you want to draw any of these majestic, magnificent, inexplicably wet-looking creatures, send them our way. We'll send you a sticker too. Yeah, we'll always bribe you with a sticker. Always. And if you've already gotten a sticker, we have stickers you haven't gotten yet. Guaranteed. That is true. I've actually sent a couple out for reviews lately, too. So if you do leave us a review, send us a screenshot and we'll send you a sticker. Yeah, we really appreciate those. Yes, we do. And they make our day. They do. And with that, have a great weekend. Thanks for creeping with us. Thanks for listening. And as always, a special thank you to our patrons who support us via Patreon. Please see the link in our show notes to learn more about how you, yes, you, can begin to haunt the dump, guard vortexes, or even become a scorching Sasquatch. Also in our show notes, you can find the link to our website, more information on our sources, our social media handles, and our merch store. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps and or ghosts. I beg of you. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't hear it, though. Hoot, hoot. Thank you. Thank you. It needs to be more drawn out. Hoot, hoot. I've been doing quick ones. It's, it's It's the...
I don't know why the T is so pronounced, but whatever. (laughs) If you saw your husband fighting a creature like this, would you be like, knock it the fuck off? Why are you doing this? Get back in here. Yeah, I'd be mad that he's fighting an animal. Like, let it be you went outside when you shouldn't have. Yeah. It lives outside. You don't need to be out there, my man. Exactly. (laughs) Also, every time I move the microphone to get away from Harry's purse, he moves closer to it. Do you see him moving across my chest? Like, he's like, no, I'm a part of this. Yeah, he's part of it. He's our guest star. Let him let him be. What did you send me? Oh, no. (laughs) Yes, it's Nigel Thornberry as Patrick. SpongeBob. But he's speech. It's not wrong. It needs spindlier legs. It does. I think we could just add little legs to it, like stick legs. Perfect. And paint his eyes. And that's it. I think this is as close as we're going to get, though. Prove me wrong. Yeah. I only have Nigel <laughs> Thornberry's smashing in my head over and Perfect. over and over again. And <laughs> Voice. <laughs> the Wild Thornberry's is underrated. I would like to watch that. I might watch that. It's a flawless TV program. I mean, f- flawless TV program, but <laughs> terrible parenting. <laughs> I mean, that little boy is literally <laughs> all over it, too. Like, just feral. Is it? I can't. I can't. <laughs> okay. No, Ali wasn't feral. He was like, look at my unboxing video. He's the literal opposite of feral. He's the most <laughs> domesticated creature you can have. He's like... <laughs> His energy was that, though. The flesh bean. Stop. Can't even talk anymore. Peach bean. One might say it's peachy bean. (laughs) This is why our recordings take four hours. (laughs) Don't act like that wasn't hilarious. The little hand. Oh, horrifying. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. We are professional podcasters. I'm going to have to look at my second screen. I can't even look at you. <laughs> What's new? <laughs> what about you, Nottingham Howler? Anything from you? He's like, just hold me. He is. And he purred very intensely. Want to put the microphone off? He's like, if I'm going to be near that microphone, I want to be heard. But he's straight snoozing. Ma'am. Tell me. I almost said. (laughs) Wacky, windy, inflatable boys. (laughs) Which? Why? Why were they boys? 12-year-old boys on the brain. Boys. Not men. I don't know. Oh, gosh. Okay. We need a new unit of measurement. No, we don't. I'm just getting used to this one, apparently. <laughs> it's it's all because I'm Jersey Devil. School closed, Jersey Devil. Roads closed, Jersey Devil. <laughs> We're taking a Jersey Devil day. Pipe birds, Jersey Devil. Next time you call in, I need you to say you're not coming to work. Can't do it, Jersey Devil. Yeah, and that's it. Jersey Devil. <laughs>